Welcome, professional wrestling fans, to the PW Fan, the ultimate pro wrestling podcast created by the fans for the fans, 100% DIY, and this is episode 100. I can't believe we made it. Well, I, I actually can believe it a little bit because no one's going to outwork us, brother. We'll see you again for episode 200 and then 300. We ain't going anywhere. I am your host, the collector, barber, and musician, and most importantly, a professional wrestling podcaster. Shout out, Coco Cabana. Talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Funko Pop collector, and Steelers fan, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan and football lover, Jeremy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we will be discussing and reviewing uh, some of the unfortunate WWE releases and a little bit about the uh, merger with Endeavor. Uh, John Moxley getting concussed and a little bit about the uh, spots that it might have happened during CM Punk rumors and more. Uh, but hey, this is episode 100, so before we start our classic uh, reviews of the week, we're going to be talking and interviewing the Lancaster legend and 3LW champion, Bro Keller. But uh, before we start this week's episode, we need to do some plug-in of the social media. Go to youtube.com backslash the PWFans so you can comment, like, and subscribe. When you do this, you're helping us... You know, you're helping us grow, you're helping our YouTube presence grow, and you're helping us get on that Wrestling Recommended For You page. We got five different uh, unique shirt designs on ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan. And for all other social media, you can just look up at the PW Fan and we should pop right up and stick around to the end where I'll be doing my classic show of the week. All right, so stick around. We're going to start our interview with Bro here in five, four, three, two. One, Mr. Bro Keller, how are we, sir? Not too shabby at all. Coming to you live from a casino in an airport in Las Vegas, <laughs> so I can't complain too too much. Yeah, um, it looks it looks fun. It looks fun. It's the way I they do will it. say, I've never been to an airport that has a casino in it, but I'm really curious on the level of. Just dedication to the hustle and the game of gambling. If you're in here pulling the slots while you're at the airport, bravo to everybody that's doing it. Though, hopefully they're winning. They don't fun. stop. They don't stop. They do not. Hey, you get me a couple shots of Tito's, I might be pulling the slots. You know. So hey, there we go. No arguments here. Honestly, <laughs> I was just down here at the restaurant. They had like a little Mexican cantina. Ooh, had a couple drinks perfect. for sale. So I'm gonna this thing a <laughs> only in bit. Vegas, <laughs> only at the Vegas airport. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, bro, it's great to see you again, and thank you so much for coming back. Uh, we got questions for you this time. You know, last time you kind of reviewed some shows with us, you hung out with us, you did the traditional podcast format with us. But today, this is more about you. We got questions for you, but we are going to sprinkle some hard hitters in there for you. Now, rising uh, in the ranks of pro wrestling, you know, rising in the ranks of pro wrestling, if you would prefer to no comment on some of these questions, I get it. We would never want to cause any issue for future potential employment for you. We just think you might have an interest. <laughs> we just think that you might have an interesting perspective on a couple of these things, and who knows? Absolutely. You might know, let them rip. You might know a couple of these guys, so you might be like, "Ah, I don't want to say anything." So I get that too. Uh, 
So, bro, are you ready, sir? I could never say that I've been more ready for anything else in my life <laughs> than I am that's for what, these questions that you're about to throw. That's out. what we like to hear. I, <laughs> all right, here we go. So I know we went over a little bit of this last time, but for new listeners and people who may not know, can you tell us, you know, who you are? Tell us about Bro Keller, the character. Who do you wrestle for? And, you know, kind of get us a little, you know, you don't have to go into great detail, but just an introduction for people who maybe didn't uh, hear episode 41. No, great detail coming in. Everybody better strap in and buckle up because right. <laughs> I'm about to go deep diving on Bro Keller. Um, <laughs> No, you already alluded to it. From Lancaster, Pennsylvania, built from Cockeysville, because why not? It's an awesome name for a town. Can't believe it actually exists. But Andy and I live there. I will say. I went to middle school in Cockeysville for a little bit. So. See? Exactly. So you guys get it. You're right there with it. Um, but no, Lancaster native, and I honestly, I'm bringing all energy to the ring. Every time I'm going out there, that's the whole shtick. All energy. I'm the bro show. I want people to feel what it is that I'm feeling. When that music hits, I don't think people realize that like nothing else really compares to it. Steve Austin says it all the time. He's like, if you can bottle that up and sell it, you'd be a gajillionaire. I was like, you know what? He's spot on because nothing can replicate that. And that's exactly what I want to portray when I'm coming out. Like I want to feel authentic. I want the people to be excited with me. Because I'm doing this for a reason. I'm excited. I'm passionate about it. Um, and I think that's more or less who my character, Bro Keller, is. Character, if you will. Um, I just want it to feel authentic and be me. But, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for about six years now. Um, I've loved every moment of it. I've taken a fun little journey up and down the roads. I've been up and down the East Coast, down south, into the Midwest wrestling, Northeast as well. I mean, I'm just trying to keep this ball rolling as best I can. I mean, it's it's so cool that you are so passionate about it, and you know, you you're traveling all around. You've you've gone up and down the roads. You're you're paying your dues, brother, as they say. Uh, how do you balance the physical demands of wrestling with training and your health? But, you know, also being a husband and working a traditional job outside of the ring when you have to, you know, how do you keep all those things balanced? Like, is it is it tough to to be present for all of them? I know sometimes myself, I bite off more than I can chew with stuff. And, you know, it's 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 a hard thing to be all these places at once. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm pretty guilty of biting off more than I can chew at times, I think. To some extent, I just want to make sure that I'm fulfilling all my responsibilities, A, but then B, I know what I, at least for people close to me in my life, I know what I expect from them. I want them to be readily, not readily available, but like making an effort to be there, to be present. And I want to do that in return for them. But then also, like you said, real day job, which is literally why I'm in Vegas right now. I'm here for a conference and I'm flying to Colorado right after this for another conference. Um, there's just a lot of different factors at play. And then being a husband, my wife, she supports it. However, it's just, it's a big sacrifice for her too. And I, I'm so lucky and I love that she has been so willing to kind of 
just allow me to do this and pursue this dream because I know it's not easy for her being at home, taking care of, you know, some of the slack that I'm kind of leaving on her at certain times. Um, but you know what? I, I think long term, we have like a plan in place. I don't think many people maybe know. I mean, it's, it's actually it's out there. We're expecting a child here in January. Hey, congratulations. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. But that's just going to be another quote unquote wrinkle into the fold here. Yeah. And that's just going to be another thing where I have to kind of divide my attention, separate my time, you know, and make sure that I'm really compartmentalizing my schedule, uh, I guess, to a degree. So it's definitely tricky. And there are moments of stress. However, right. I just think at the end of the day, this is something that I'm truly passionate about. I mean, there's some people that love bowling. There's some people that love to knit. Um, I, you name it, everybody has their passions and something that they care for. And this just happens to be mine. And I'm very lucky and grateful for the support system that I have in my life that kind of just affords me to kind of take some of these opportunities. Now, correct me if I'm um, wrong from the first time, the first time we had you on to now, um, you said you were married, but you, I don't think you were married during the first interview. I think you recent, it was recent, right? Yeah, so I guess in a couple months here, coming up on a year that I've been rocking this bling bling, okay. um, December yes, 2nd. So, yeah, I think we, we were just before that last time around, but the wedding was awesome. I will say that. Obviously, I'm biased, but it was a <laughs> kick-ass time, and everybody seemed to have loved it. So um, had so much fun with that. Honeymoon was great, and, I mean, without getting too explicit, we – Got right to it, and we got a baby on the way. I mean, I was going to say that's where the baby came from. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so you know, you're you're a newish husband at this point. You're you're an expecting father. Um, you know, sometimes you know we're, we, you were talking about hobbies. You know, some people like this thing, some people like that thing. Uh, you know, sometimes hobbies are dangerous. Uh, and uh, so, you know, Andy, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but. He was a big uh, skateboarder growing up, and later in life, from being so physical with his body, he even now uh, suffers with some physical stuff from throwing himself downstairs and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, do you feel the the you know now that you do have a little bit more on the line, you know? And I know that's one of those things where like they always say like once a wrestler starts thinking about getting hurt, like that's like you shouldn't be that you shouldn't be think. And it's very much like skateboarding. I know they. You know, Andy would could attest. Once a skater starts thinking about getting hurt all the time, it's almost like it's a mental thing. So, do you think that there is, uh, you know, going to be new possible precautions on things that you're willing to do in the ring? And I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, recently we saw uh, John Moxley get knocked out from a dive from Ray Phoenix, and you know, I don't, I, you can't say that was anybody's fault. Accidents happen. And then also those two pretty dangerous pile drivers at the end. Um, I was I was just curious, like you know, your thoughts on spots like that, and uh, if if when you when you start to have these life changes, uh, is it something that ever comes into play when you're discussing a match? So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's something that I'm too overly concerned about. 
Um, I mean, you can see here, uh, I'm currently rocking the sling. Oh yeah. Because I separated my shoulder. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very similar in that accidents happen, like you said, and nothing's intentional. And honestly, it was a six man tag match. So I had, you know, not the most amount of time in the ring, um, in terms of like being the legal man in action. And it was, uh, I was going for Hurricane Rana and for whatever reason, we just got disconnected. He, my opponent didn't have like a full grasp of my legs, but I think, you know, this stuff happens so fast and no matter how many reps you take and how often you've done it, there's always going to be some level of, you know, slip up or, um, disconnection, like I said, and I put my arm down and sure enough, when I did the, the weight of my body came and dislocated my shoulder. So. Um, separated AC joint, it's about a five to six week recovery just because of the grade that it is. And the week before that, I got my bell rung. I don't know if it was necessarily concussion. I think it's just like my, my, an old football term for me, just like getting your bell rung. Which, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's a lot of time is a concussion, but yeah. we just like to kind of sugarcoat it and say, no, it's fine. I just got my bell rung. But, um, but yeah, it is really serious. And kind of digressing a little bit that's a concern with this kid on the way that like my wife has He's saying hey you know i kind of want you to be able to walk around and like play with the kid and not have you know your brain melted inside of your skull um so very very understandable you know um hesitations from her and i respect that completely and there are moments where i'll tell my opponent like hey i really like banged up my shoulder so you know we can kind of avoid that it'd be great um Obviously, I think in the moment, our, you could say like our ego comes into play. And it's like, you know what? Now nah, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then you go out there right. and you do it anyway. Right. Um, and I think that's just a part of being the performer, being in front of a live audience and really just saying, you know what? The window of this is already relatively short in the grand scheme of things. So if I have the opportunity to do something in front of a live crowd, I'm going to do it. And even if that means, you know, like getting footage, I think that's, that's huge nowadays with what social media is, um, which I'm horrible at. I need to step my game up on that front, but, um, I think getting footage is massive. So there's a lot of times where I think people, they disregard the, the safety concerns and they just say, you know what, let's just go for it. It's, it's amazing to me, the, uh, parallels, Again, coming back to skateboarding, I've, and this is my first time really like realizing this. Just the the pride of doing it anyway, the the part about gathering footage over time, trying to get your best footage. You're like, I mean, it's this. It's a lot of like similar, you know, the the mental and the attitude seems like a lot of that. I mean, it's very dangerous, so you kind of got to go in it with the, with a certain mindset. So, kind of brings me to my first. I'm gonna throw in my first curveball, kind of tough question here. So. Uh, referee Rick Knox at the end of that match, uh, Moxley was hurt. He was, he was not supposed to lose. Uh, he was supposed to go over because he was hurt. You could tell, I mean, it's on the footage. Even Stevie Richards did a whole breakdown of the whole incident. He doesn't, he doesn't kick out, but the ref stops counting because he knows that it's not the finish. Now, I, I've read things over the years that 
that even though the referee is is with you and they're in on it and they're helping assist in some ways, that one of the things that you're always supposed to do is still count it like it's a shoot no matter what. Because, so, you know, I'm just curious, you know, and I don't want to put any blame on the guy, but, like, if that was you in that, uh, in that scenario, if you had known, like, I'm hurt, please just end this match, and then he didn't, and then you know you had to do another move, would you have been... Uh, angry, annoyed, uh, would that have been a conversation to have afterwards in the back? Yeah, it's definitely conversation in the back. And what's so tricky about that is obviously, as you guys already know, like situations are situational, you know, and in every occurrence, something is going to be different. There's going to be some particularity that comes into play. And I don't know what like interviews and conversations and reports have come out since that match, but who knows what level of communication was even taking place in the ring. Um, I mean, yeah, you do want your referee to, you know, count it as a shoot every time. However, that's happened before. And then those become the finish and then that gets messed up. And then the wrestlers are even more pissed about that because it didn't go the way that they wanted. They were like, Oh, I was waiting for your hand to come down before the, you know, a kick out at two and nine tenths. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, oh, all right. Sorry, I didn't know. Like, you should have kicked out sooner. Do you, uh, you know, kind of back on, like, the traditional Every path time. of questions Every here. Time. Like, uh, you know, we talked last time. You've done TV stuff for WWE and AEW. At this point, is is breaking into a, quote-unquote, bigger company like that something that you are like obsessing over or are you enjoying the journey and it's one of those things that's like I'm gonna bust my ass to get there if it happens it happens but you still love wrestling like my thing is like you know Nigel McGinnis put out this documentary about 10 years ago where it was very depressing he felt like I never made it to WWE so my whole career is a waste and like you know I did all I did all this and it didn't it was for nothing but I'm like you did still accomplish a lot even though you didn't go to WWE, you know, or even though he went later as an announcer for, you know, stuff. Um, But I'm just curious, like, for you, the memories that you have made and the stuff that you're doing now is, you know, is that something that, you know, is fulfilling or is is WWE, like, the only goal that you have? So it's definitely not the only goal. I will say, though... I'm super freaking proud of what I've been able to do on the independent scene. I mean, being in the ring with guys that were in WWE or in AEW or Impact, you name it, I've had the good fortune of being able to wrestle guys from all of those companies. Literally, former tag team champions in WWE having WrestleMania matches, being a part of WrestleMania main events, like, it's... It's so tricky because, yes, WWE is the end goal. And I think for me, that's exactly where I want to be. That's where I see myself going. But it's just, it's so subjective. And I think that's what, that's what makes it slightly frustrating because I do believe in my body of work. And I do think that I've put on some pretty darn good matches and I've gone against some really darn good opponents. But it just has to be in front of the right person at the right time in the right place and like even on that point like i wasn't even the pwi 500 this year and i was on it like two or three years in a row and then this year last year i wasn't even on that list i'm like how i don't get it like i I see guys that aren't even wrestlers that are on the list 
clearly in like the four nineties, of course, but still it was like, why is that person on it? And I'm not, and that's no disrespect to them. Like, Hey, everybody's entitled to having an opportunity in some capacity on there. And I respect the fact that, you know, certain people are on there, but also, I don't know. I just feel like for myself, my competitive nature, that's certainly like a list I should have been on. And just in front of, I don't know, the fans and the, the audiences and the shows that I've done against the wrestlers that I've worked with. It's just, it does kind of sit in the back of your mind at certain times where it's like, is there, is there truly a chance coming up? And people say it. I don't know if they're just being nice or if they truly believe it. Either way, it's, it's cool to hear. But they're like, dude, you're so close. Like, you're right there. But I think the biggest takeaway when I hear that, though, is when I talk to other people and they ask about dreams, aspirations, where I'm going, so close could be six months away, could be six years away. And there's no telling. You, there's zero clue. There's no inkling. So it's like I could be turning my wheels on the indies for the next six years, the next 10 years, um, or it could be six weeks, six months. Who knows? It's, it's all basically in the dark. And I keep my fingers crossed that I hopefully get an opportunity. But, again, it's just not something that I'm trying to dwell too much on. But I know where my goals are and I know where I want to be. You're currently the uh, 3LW wrestling champion, uh, and I, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, does is he does he still go by Ricardo? Is that his name, or is that a is a gimmick name? Ricardo Ricardo Rodriguez um, gimmick name for sure. He's been going by Jesus Rodriguez, which is his actual name. Okay. Um, I believe he goes by that on um, MLW, where he's been working a lot, um, especially when they do like the arena shows in Philly. Um, but that, oh my goodness, that's actually how I really separated my shoulder, carrying that sweet title around my shoulder. Ooh, that thing is a cute. <laughs> um, my goodness. With with him, you know, you're being the champion of the the school and the promotion that he's running, and, and you're not in school, but you know, it he does have a school. Um, you know, uh, is there is is it's probably one of those things, right? Like you don't want to ask him, but it, you representing his company and just doing a good job. Is there ever a hope that he might make a phone call for you just to somebody, anybody, you know, I shoot a text, to so-and-so, you know, there's always a hope and, and you're spot on. I'm never going to put him in that position. Um, if he sees something in me and he has faith in me that I could, excel or accomplish something at the next level then i'd be super grateful for that however um i just think at this point i mean you said it there's a school and I, i'm there every thursday actually i i tend to like kind of run my own class on thursdays which even that's oh, kind of cool. to a degree yeah i will say it's nice um getting to give back a little bit to his students some of these kids that are only you know three, six, nine months in, and they're just trying to get better. And thankfully, you know, they're patient with me. I've been trying to put them through the ringer a bit, get their cardio game up, because let's be honest, without getting too far off track, there's so many people out nowadays that like to play professional wrestler, but don't want to actually be a professional wrestler. They don't want to put the work that goes into it. They don't want to, like, sculpt their bodies. They don't want to eat right. They don't want to actually 
go to practice on a weekly basis and get better. And there's a good core group of kids there that have been putting in the time, putting in the effort, and I love to see their progression. It's been incredible, um, both physically and mentally. Um, um, sorry, I just wanted to get that announcement out of the way. No, so blaring over the you know, bro, bro, <laughs> bro is a uh, shoot at the airport right now, Hoot. So we're not going to keep him too much longer. We just got a Legit, couple more questions. No. Um, uh, you know, one of the things I did want to ask you about is, uh, another, another kind of curveball question here. CM Punk, any, uh, any thoughts at all about the whole situation? Any, 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 anything from being a guy who's in the locker room with people? Dude, it's weird because it's one of those things again, where without being there, Nobody really truly knows what's being said on a weekly basis, who's interacting with who and what kind of ways. What like I don't know. I just feel like there's so many stories that get kind of drawn out and it's like, oh, this guy's toxic or this guy, you know, he's got a certain attitude and these people don't like it. And I don't know, you hear old school like back in the day, this stuff would it's regular, you know, if you got an issue, we need to talk about it or we can take it outside. And I think CM Punk is the perfect example of that where he just says, you know what, if we got an issue, we need to talk about it or we can take it outside. Do you, do and you th- some people nowadays, go ahead. No, I just was going to say, do you think, you know, because you share the locker room with a lot of people, and I'm sure you've shared the locker room with people that are older and from a different generation. So do you think mm-hmm. that besides the clash of personalities that there was maybe a clash of just – mentality about pro wrestling and what pro wrestling is now and what it's supposed to be or what it was like do you think like these these characters basically not characters this is but these people that are in this locker room they weren't going to be able to coexist because their ideas about what this is is so different it's almost completely foreign to each other yeah the thing is i honestly i think that's a cheap way out I mean, this is a business. There's a, it's professional wrestling, so you have right. to act like a professional. Like, if I have a difference of opinion with somebody during my day job and we have, like, a quarrel, or I still have to act within a certain manner in order for us to get past that. Right. And no matter what generation of wrestler you are, you still have to be professional. And if there is a quarrel or you do have a disagreement, you have to talk about it. And honestly... It's, it's kind of unfortunate to see, but again, I'm not backstage. I don't know them. I don't work for them. But you would think in some capacity, there's got to be somebody in leadership that would step in and just kind of like, you know, interject and mediate the situation and say like, hey, let's all have a sit down. Let's work through this and let's figure it out. Um, but yeah, obviously that didn't happen. And CM Punk got let go. And I mean, even then, I'm just curious, like, why he had to go versus, um, you know, Jungle Boy or, I don't know, there's just so many factors that come into play, and without having the inside scoop or knowing those guys and really being there, it's it's really tough to, to say one way or the other, but I just think at the end of the day, you have to be of the presence of mind of knowing, hey, we're all in this together, like, this is our company, and we're supposed to be trying to bring in viewers, bring in buys, sell the pay-per-views or whatever the case is. So I just think that there's 
a level of maturity on just a grander level that those guys really should have taken a step back and said, you know what, this isn't worth a fight or this isn't worth, you know, yeah. all of the, the trouble that we're putting everybody through. And um, you, you've been backstage at both promotions, right? AEW and WWE. I was just curious, like, if there's a distinction between the two or do you like one more than the other? Kind of like just, just the general flow of how things go, not like the company itself. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because they're very similar in a sense that, you know, you're in these arenas, they're being like, they're preparing for live TV um, and there's just so much going on. They make adjustments day of, people don't know what they're doing until, you know, minutes before they're supposed to go out, things <laughs> change and, you know, it's a, it's a whole rigmarole that they're going through and honestly, for the most part, they're very similar. I think everybody, at least for the most part, from my personal experiences, it felt like everybody in WWE was just a little bit more secure in their positions with the company. Mm. Um, yeah. they, you could really feel and sense that the wrestlers there, um, they felt that security and they wanted to help, especially me. Like there were guys that came up to me and, and girls that were women that, that were giving me advice or talking to me through, you know, before I was going out nice. um, in WWE. Yeah. They, they had no reason to, they're going to be like, all right, kid, go, good luck, whatever. And um, yeah, there's a couple people that come to mind specifically at Tommaso Ciampa. He was so gracious with his time um, and just paying attention to our match. When I did raw and I was like rehearsing some of the stuff with Veer. Um, and the yeah. producer, we were talking about like throwing me over the top rope <laughs> onto the floor and we ran through it with a crash pad and outside when we were in the arena, like walking through it, he was like, Hey man, just, uh, just be careful with that. Huh? <laughs> and so I was like, All right. I got it. But at the same time, I was like, I'm going to do whatever these guys ask of me. Right. Um, right. Because, you know, I want to make sure that I'm coachable, I'm, I'm listening to them, and I can actually do what they're requesting. But yeah. then, like, even after the match, I don't want to throw any anybody under the bus. I will say, <laughs> Veer kind of forgot a part of the match. And so oh. there was a point where he was only supposed to get up on the ring apron, but he ended up getting inside the ring instead. Um, and things kind of got a little off step a little bit. So he had to readjust how he threw me out of the ring. And it all worked out. I got out cleanly. Everything was fine. But then even coming back after the match, Champa was there waiting for me at the monitor. And I was like, hey, man, that was great. Um, like, hope you feel okay. I'm glad you were able to take that bump the way you did rather than the other way. And I was like, dude, that's so great. Cool. Yeah, that's it was so awesome. awesome. Um, it was seriously, I mean, it, was, it was next level. And wow, that, that had to be such like a, a hot... I, was, I said that had to be such a highlight for you, you know, which is what I was going to, uh, you know, ask you here in a second. I, you know, just out of curiosity, though, like, um, was there any uh, instance uh, backstage in either company where you felt like that moment of, uh, you know, some people call it imposter syndrome? You know, they're like, what am I doing here? How did I wind up here? Or like, is it, I know that sometimes with music, if we open for like a band that like someone I grew up listening to, I'm like, we shouldn't be playing this show. How why, How am I playing this show right now? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a weird thing that happens, but I was just curious if you ever have those moments. 
it's it's tough to say because I think at this point now that's slowly starting to dissipate. Um, there certainly are times where that does show its face, and I think it's natural. I think everybody goes through it, just like you said. Like when you guys do your shows, um, you feel it to a degree as well, and especially when you're on such a big stage like that. Um, WWE more so than AEW, just because it's been around for so long. It's the global leader. You know, they're a massive, like almost multimedia conglomerate at this point. So, you know, when somebody says, hey, we're going to use you for Raw, there is like a, a split second in your head where it's like, oh, shit, like I'm about to do this. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and it was awesome. And, and he actually, it was funny because real quick, he was like, uh, the producer was like, hey, I think we're going to use you for Raw tonight, like against Veer, is that cool? And in my mind, I'm like doing backflips. Oh my God, yes, absolutely, <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh. But then like what audibly came out, was just like, yeah, absolutely, that's great. Right? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> right. yeah. Stay cool and relax. But, um, but no, honestly, I mean, being fully transparent, there's moments like I just mentioned, uh, teaching those Thursday night classes where I'll have like imposter syndrome. I'm like, Man, I've been wrestling for six years, and Jesus is trusting me with his students to, you know, teach and guide them and sh- kind of show them the way um, to an to an extent. Um, and yeah, I just I think it's like a natural thing, but it, I think it happens too because you care, and it's something that you want to make sure that you're you're on your A game and you're not you know just kind of floating through and just kind of getting by. Um, and I think that's kind of really where it stems from, at least for me. It's just because I care and I want to make sure I'm leaving a good impression, a uh, lasting impression, and that I'm doing things the right way. That's cool. Uh, I also just wanted to ask real quick about Jesus and kind of like the wrestling community is building, especially in Lancaster, since that's kind of like where we are, um, mm-hmm. and kind of like what your thoughts on, I guess, like working with him and kind of like what he's building here. He is building something incredible. And he is the most humble slash gracious person, at least especially in wrestling that I've ever come across. But just even in life, he is so kind and he's so generous and he just cares truly about the people in his life, whether that be his wrestlers, uh, whether that be the people in um, like the recovery community, because that's been a big, a big push for him. Like that's the reason he's in Lancaster is like he wanted to clean himself up. He was an addict. And um, there's a gentleman named Chris Dreisbach who lives in Lancaster as well. I forget how they were connected, but um, that's ultimately what led to Hazy's coming to Lancaster. And he's just been so amazing. And, and being from Lancaster, there were a few promotions for a while, like Legacy Wrestling. I think there was LCW. There was like Keystone Wrestling. Um, none of which I actually had the fortune of going to their shows. It was before I really got into it. Because for the longest time, I, didn't, I knew nothing about independent wrestling. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> um, but I will say they had some incredible audiences, some very large crowds, and then they disappeared because, I don't know, the one guy went to jail. It was a whole thing. We're not going to get into that. But Jesus is bringing back what people have been craving, and it's been so awesome to see. Packing in 2,500 people into the Barnstormer Stadium local baseball team for those that don't know um that's not an easy feat and he did it um and even again going back to his good nature he really emphasizes that we're a team um he doesn't give himself enough credit 
And I will say it is a good team effort. We have a lot of people that are doing a lot of things um, at various points in time. However, he deserves the recognition because he puts so much time, so much effort into the product and building this out. It's just incredible to see. On the third show that he's ever had, I think there were like 550 people. And that in professional wrestling wow. is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, th- three uh, three questions and a statement to wrap you up here before we get you on your flight. <laughs> the statement being the statement being now that uh, and obviously I know you're not going to chime in on this and I totally understand, but now that a certain wrestler is not in WWE that may or may not have used your name as a catchphrase is no longer there, and a couple <laughs> other and a couple other neon long haired dudes are no longer there. I'm thinking that there is a an opening there for a bro Keller in like an NXT or you know Raw or SmackDown obviously, right? I mean, let's go. But I'm just saying I think you would look really good on the black and gold. I'm just saying that'd be a very that'd be very sick. Uh, Zero disputes for me. <laughs> I would love nothing more. Right. Uh so my last three questions for you are, uh, you know, one, and this is, you know, you don't have to go into super big details, but for big matches and moments, like, you know, you just talked about the Barnstormer Stadium when you went over at the big show in the end, in the main event. How do you mentally prepare for that? And uh, do you have any pre-match rituals that you could tell us? And any, even, even something from taping your wrist up to wetting your hair. Do you have anything that you do that is something that you do every time? So preparing for that stuff, I mean, I try to, and you probably hear this a lot in professional sports or just even, I don't know, in certain situations where you never want to go too high, you never want to go too low. You want to stay consistent right along the middle path. And I think no matter what the the show is, if it's in front of 30 people or if it's in the stadium in front of 3,000 people, it's important not to waver too far off of that middle ground just because you get in your own head then at that point and you can get too, too enthused, too excited, too jittery. Then you start getting in your own mind about like, Oh, what are these spots? What are we doing? And I just think if you stay in that middle area, um, it's crucial just to, um, just excelling and performing at your best because I mean, that's what's most important at this point now. Um, I mean, for a while for me, it was just getting out there, and, you know, trying to get reps, get awareness. But my biggest thing now is being consistent. Um, I don't need to necessarily be gone every weekend doing two, three shows a weekend. If I have, you know, three shows during a month and they're against legitimate opponents um, or names, as people like to say, um, but I'm actually putting out like a good product and I'm staying consistent, that's more important than anything. I mean, even getting back to the footage, if I can show that, you know, I'm not all willy-nilly against this guy or I'm, I'm doing really well against this one opponent that I've wrestled multiple times. Um, and I can just show, hey, you know what? This is my body of work. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the table. Um, I think that's more important than anything now, especially as you're trying to, you know, raise awareness as to, you know, who Bro Keller is, what he's about. Can he go in the ring? Can he do a 20-minute match? Can he do a five-minute match? Right, um, which are two are different things. Super, they are. Oh my goodness, yes. But I think even on that front too, when you're having a 20-minute match, 
it doesn't have to be move, 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 which is, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are saying this nowadays, but then still go out and do it. Um, it's, it's really about just resonating with the fans. And as you guys probably hear all the time, telling a good story. Um, I don't know. There's just so many layers to it, I think. And for me, you know, there's, there's not really much of a pre-match ritual or routine. I will say I wait, I wait a long time to put my gear on. People always like okay. give me give me a hard time about that, and it's like if I'm if I'm the last match of the night, I'm not gonna gear up on the second match. Like I'll wait till intermission or something. <laughs> you're like, but, you're um, like, dude, I'm not wearing my outfit for four hours. All right, I'll put it on before no, I go out. There's no need to. Uh, exactly, there's no reason to gear up that early. Well, you know, a lot of what you were saying in this question kind of leads me to my second to last question, which is, uh, you know, what advice, you know, you, you do, you run classes in the school uh, and you help out with 3LW. What advice for aspiring independent wrestlers and young guys who are breaking in, you know, anything off the top of your head that you always start with like, hey, these are like my five things. You should do this, this, this and this or like, you know, blah, 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 like anything that your go to's. Dude, yes. And it's too frequent that this comes up. Um, I did kind of allude to it before, but there, there are a few things. One, it's just be clean. I feel like too often these guys are just like coming in. I've seen – I've gone to training sessions at other places. Guys don't have their nails clipped. They've got like grease on their hands. They – I don't know. They just be clean. Take a shower. Put on some fresh clothes. Like if I'm going to be wrestling with you, I'm going to be in the ring with you and we're training – I don't want to be smelling your junk from four feet away. <laughs> I mean, you would it's, think, it's, right? Honestly, it's... I feel like that's kind of basic anyways. You would think and you would feel that that's basic. Right. However, <laughs> not everybody feels that same way. Um, and that's, that's an easy one. That's a really easy one. Um, I think, honestly, it's also... I was saying earlier, people like to play pro wrestler. I think that's huge right now where... Yes, everybody wants to be in front of, you know, 30,000 people, square, you know, middle of the ring, but they don't want to look the part or they don't want to put forth the effort to look the part. And I don't think people realize as as bad as this might sound, this is like a cosmetic industry. You do have to have somewhat of a look. You have to get into the gym. I'm trusting you with my literal life. And if you don't go to the gym or I can't trust you to like pick me up and slam me properly, then that's cause for concern within itself. Like you need to be physically fit. Um, Like you get into a 12, 15 minute match, we're at minute 14, you're going to be tired. Hey, I don't know if I trust the spot that you called now because you're clearly looking gassed. We're sweaty. There's a lot of room for error. And if you're not, you know, physically fit or active, then, who knows if you'll be able to execute. So that comes to mind too. Um, but the biggest thing that I want to tell like aspiring wrestlers or people that are fresh in the industry is to know who you are because too frequently, again, people go out there, they can do the moves. Anybody at this point now can do the moves. A lot, there's so many athletes um, and there's so many cool different things that we can incorporate in the matches that are still nifty. Uh, but maybe aren't as difficult as they might be perceived, Canadian destroyer. Um, <laughs> but if people if people know who they are, I think this is really where I excel. Sure, I can do some of the athletic stuff. Um, however, 
I like to think that I connect with the audience because they can see my authenticity. And like, there's, I can give you an example of two weeks ago during a match. I literally, I did a thing. I was on the outside of the ring and I took a seat in the audience beside fans. I stretched my legs out and I was chatting with them, giving them high fives. Like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Huh? And they're like, yeah, that was great. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> and they just, they genuinely felt that. And I think when they see that you're having fun, and you're being authentic, then that just invites them even more to have fun and they can appreciate a lot of what you're doing even more than if you just go out there and do a move and say, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good I, point. I mean, I, also, Tim, I just have one final question for myself before you ask yours. No, please do. Yeah. Um, I just had a quick question because Mania this year is kind of close to the Lancaster. It's in Philly. Probably the closest mm-hmm. it's going to be for a while. Uh, I was wondering if you're going to be at that and either attending or maybe in the backstage area. Yeah, no, I was just talking to Triple H last night. He said, (laughs) joking, joking, joking. joking. Um, I mean, it would be ideal to be backstage. And um, like Gabe Sapolsky, uh, he's somebody that's been, he's took over for doing like a lot of the work with extras for WWE. And actually the camp with him over the summer, which was really cool. Um, a great learning experience uh, through Combat Zone Wrestling. Um, also, shout out to them. They've been so gracious with me, too, um, and trying to work with me and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I would love to go. I mean, it's in Philly, like you said. It's an hour and change away, which is the closest it will be for a long time. Yeah. And um, Three Legacies Wrestling, I know they're booking a show, and I'm committed to that. Ooh. So I'll certainly be doing that with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to even just get more bookings around the area. I mean, you guys know WrestleMania weekend, it's, it's this whole extravaganza these days where, you know, all these different promotions are coming in from all over the country, heck all over the world. Um, and they're trying to, you know, put on their performances and their shows. So it's a great opportunity for a lot of people that are trying to get exposure, but yeah, being backstage, maybe. Uh, I'll knock on some wood, cross my fingers. We'll see. But at the very least, I'll definitely be in the area looking for, you know, opportunities to work with different independent companies. That's cool. We'll have to check out some of those shows then too. Gabe Sapolsky, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, protege of Paul Heyman, original ring of honor guy, Gabe Sapolsky. Very cool. That's cool. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and evolved. He, he was heavily incorporated with, uh, evolve wrestling for a while. Um, yeah, he's he's been doing a lot with WWE. I mean, he's kind of the liaison between WWE and the independents now. That's so. I mean, what a great guy to have. I mean, that's like the perfect guy. He was like the OG, like you know, dude running the the coolest you know independent shows you know twelve years ago. So that, you know, twelve fifteen years ago. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, Jeremy's question kind of perfectly leads into our uh, final question here which is just you know what's next for you man what what are your goals do you have anything in mind that you got your eye on that you're like i really want to do this obviously we talked about going to uh, maybe bigger companies eventually but is there anything in the immediate future that you're trying to you're trying to do even if that's just with working with younger wrestlers and helping with helping them yeah i was just gonna say that too i mean i'm really trying to focus on these students at three legacies really make sure that they're grasping everything and credit to them. They've, they've come a long way and they really do seem and feel committed to bettering themselves in the ring as wrestlers, um, sculpting their personalities, their characters, all of that. 
Um, they've been they've been great to work with, but I'm still going to keep grinding them because yeah, there's still a long way to go. But um, but I, I think it goes for everybody. We're all always learning, and even when I go, it's good for me to get reps too. But I think I think goals right now are really just like I said, maintaining that body of work and, and being consistent. I don't I don't know if there are any like major indie promotions that I'm trying to you know get in front of and work with obviously if opportunities come my way that'd be fantastic um i'm actually going up to uh new york here in november for a, a pretty sweet uh sat if you're familiar with the spanish announced team nice they have a promotion um that they're running and I'm, I'm looking forward to working with them very excited on that front those guys are legends in the industry and i'm, I'm really pumped about that but yeah i mean i I want to we work with anybody and everybody. We don't got to do a deep dive. Or, we don't got to like do a deep dive. Just before we let you go, does GCW ever come on your radar? Is that an offer that you ever get or something? Has anybody ever reached out to you from there? Really? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I would – and that's, again, it's one where I would love to work with them. And it's, but you trained, you, you trained with CZW, right? So that I figure they might know who you are at least. You know, it's a different company, but Possibly. it's that, that world, you know. Um, yeah, and and I think there's like there's some beef between the two. I don't yeah. know all the details, but I think there was a sour split where um, some some people were with CZW. They got out of there. They started GCW. It was a whole thing. But yeah, um, I mean, who's to say? I don't know. It's just wrestling is so fickle. And as much as I would love to work with certain companies and different promotions, I, it's so out of my control. I mean, I can send all the DMs. I can write all the emails. But if I'm not getting a response or if I'm being left on red, then it's just kind of it is what it is. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of companies I'd love to work with. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to work with GCW or like Black Label Pro, for example, um, is another big one. Going back down south to um, Action Wrestling. Those guys were great. Beyond up in the Northeast. Uh, there's so many out here now and there's so many opportunities. But um I mean, like Northeast Wrestling is another one, big time. There's so many, but um, yeah, it's just a matter of trying to stay consistent, trying to maintain my body of work, and then, you know, if if footage floats in front of the right people and they take an interest and they reach out, then I mean, it's an opportunity that I would love to have. Well, I tell you what, dude. On this end, we are doing all the manifesting we can to make that happen for you. And I tell you another thing. I I don't know. If we can do it alone, and the listeners of the show can do it alone, but next year, 2024, you're going to be on that fucking PW500 list. Like, no doubt. You're getting on. <laughs> we're getting you on there, dude. Yes. That's we're right. getting you on there. Yes. But, uh, thank dude, th you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, this is our 100th episode. It was really special that you came on. We last had you on episode 41, so it was a long time ago. But, uh, you know, Thank you again for being so genuine. Have a safe flight, and we'll see you back in Lancaster again, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, where can so we much. find you on social media? Is it just all at Bro Keller? It's all. I keep it nice and easy. Everything's at Bro Keller. B R E A U X. Keller. B R E A U X. You heard it. B R E A U X. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like Gator Tigers for the LSU fans out there. It's there the same you go. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, you have a safe flight, okay? And we appreciate you coming on. Hey, maybe we'll have you on again soon. We won't uh, We won't bother you again too much, but we can't wait to see how everything progresses for you in your journey as a pro wrestler, man. 
Thank you guys. Never a bother. I love chatting with you boys. It's always such a good time. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Like, seriously, thank you so much for just the invite. Episode 100? Come on. That's not a small deal. That's huge. So <laughs> thank you, happy buddy. to be here. This has been great. Yeah, thank thanks you. again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And congrats to you guys for making it to 100. That's awesome. Thank you, brother. Well, we'll see you back at home. Take care. All right. Sounds good. See you guys. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us with that interview with Bro Keller. That was absolutely awesome, and we love talking to him. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Like I stated at the beginning of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, some WWE releases, uh, John Moxley concussion, and more. Uh, Andy, I'm going to pass it over to you and let us jump into our regular show, buddy, and uh, do things how we always do. So let's get going. So, yes, there were a lot of releases, um, not just uh, office um, employees, which I thought that's what the releases were originally going to be, but they got into actual superstars. So I'm. T- this is off the top of my head. I don't have the names written down, but some of the big ones. Let's just start with Dolph Ziggler. Though I'm not surprised based on how they used him, the guy's body of work is is crazy. The Rock did a post about him being released. Cena did a post about him being yeah. released. The amount of matches he had. I, I mean, and he. He is, if he's not, I mean, he's won just about everything besides the Rumble and like maybe one of the main titles. Um, but his brother, Ryan Nemeth, is in AW. Uh, if Dolph still, I didn't even know that was his brother. Yeah. If Dolph still wants to, um, because Dolph's name is Nick Nemeth, I believe. And it, once you see the picture of them two next to each other, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense though. <laughs> um, I wouldn't doubt that there'd be interest in him, though. You know, has WWE kind of killed his wrestling um, dream? You know, you go to his Instagram. I don't know if it still says it, but it used to say "wrestles to pay the bills." Yeah, it's almost like does he even want to still yeah. do it? Um, another big one was Matt Riddle was released. I think after the airport incident, especially that was kind of like the last yeah. straw. Um, he, they just said it was like too many chances. He he burned too many bridges. Up. Yeah, um, yeah. With this stuff, Elias, who hadn't been uh, used in a while, though he had been pitching a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know if you showed me a Jeremy or if I just found it on my own, but it was like Elias did a post saying that he played, you know. Elias's brother Ezekiel, and then and then there's a video of Kevin Owens being like, "I was right, you know, you're you're Elias." Um, that was kind of like, funny. Uh, Emma and Madcap Moss. Um, I feel bad for Emma though because she was gonna she's Australian. They were gonna do where, um, hopefully something with her for Australia when they do. I think Elimination Chambers there. Yeah, yeah, and she even tweeted out like. A few days ago. Well, her and her fiance, which is Moss, both were released. So um, that's a bummer. Um, And then I was surprised by this because I pay attention to NXT. Mustafa Ali, he's been on TV every single week. And he was about to do something on Raw when it comes to NXT. And uh, they released him. Other than that, I can't think of any names that are, you know, um, super big and recognizable. Uh, if you guys, yeah. if you guys can think of any as we go on, but it's always unfortunate to see. 
Um, and it came right after the merger, I believe. I was just going to say they signed that, or no, they signed that TV deal for SmackDown with USA for, was it, uh, one, one, I don't know, I think it's like 1.5 billion. Oh, jeez. And they signed that, and then they cut people, which is like, you know, that's not a good image. Well, I don't know how you guys feel because they have, I've been so used to SmackDown being the way it is. I read, I maybe today, that... I read on Ringside News that there's talk about making SmackDown three hours. <laughs> I don't know if you did. That's going to be two three-hour shows. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a source, my first source. I can't say who. Okay. A uh, <laughs> couple things. A couple things here. I will not say who, but this is breaking news. I think we might be the first ones to break it. The PW Fan Exclusive. I know. Are we beating Meltzer right now? I need to get like a graphic that comes in here. I have a source who works in the company, and I will never name names, who has told us that SmackDown is leaving Fox, and SmackDown's going to USA Network. Yes. And Raw, Raw, and other, uh, and NXT and other shows might be going exclusive to streaming. To Peacock. As long as I can watch it and not have yeah. to pay. So how do you guys for, feel like, about maybe like, Raw like, being streaming only? like ROH. I don't care where I watch the it as long as I can is gonna watch go... it. You think? The viewership's going to go down. The viewership is going to go down. Want... But apparently, uh, apparently USA offered more money for SmackDown than Fox did for to keep it. Yeah, they but offered you, like one point five billion. But then USA also kind of felt like they got a little cheated with the Fox deal. They're like, "Whoa, you get Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and blah blah blah, and we get Cody Rhodes." Like, <laughs> hang on. I mean, which no problem there, but it's a little bit of a difference, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, USA making the play um, to to really really keep wrestling on their super station. SmackDown NXT, I guess, right? Or no. it's gonna only gonna be SmackDown then on TV. Right. Oh. Who would have thought That's that crazy. out of all the shows, SmackDown was SmackDown Reign Supreme <laughs> right. is the popular wrestling show? Yeah. So um we talked a little bit about CM Punk earlier. I'm reading right now former WWE executive envisions CM Punk's return if ratings fall off. Let's just say, though, I think we've been reading throughout the week, there's a lot of people that think it's a possibility, especially things like Survivor Series. He's in the top, we sent you yeah. the thing, he's in the top five uh, betting odds for yeah. who could win the Rumble this year, which, you know, at least. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> Um, and then I'll tell you what I just read, which will get us into our next part of news. Speculation that The Rock will wrestle at WWE's Elimination Chamber event. Well, that is being speculated because last week, I know we missed it, um, but The Rock made a surprise return to SmackDown, open up the show. Uh, I believe it broke the internet. You might as well say when it comes to views, uh, that crowd exploded. I think all of us that saw it 
and it wasn't spoiled for us. It was really cool to see him back. And, you know, I, is it a Cena thing, like how the the strikes are going on? I don't think so. You don't think but, so? I mean, I don't think that's why he came back um, for that. He was on Pat McAfee's show, and then... But yeah. I'm not saying that I don't think he's not dipping his toes in because there's apparently been talks for story options from what I've read off of like ringside news and stuff. But yeah, I think there's a better chance. Those are, there's a better chance of him sticking around if there's a writer's strike, which is like, I don't want there to be a writer's strike, but it did get solved today. I don't know if you guys saw, if saw it, it it came to an agreement. So the rock is John Cena. They're all leaving again. (laughs) Yeah, they're gone. But uh, I was just saying, how awesome would it be if we went to WrestleMania this year and The Rock's there, Punk's there? Oh, dude, it'd be it's a it's a dream come true. I've been having to hear it. I'm gonna keep my voice down a little bit. I've been having to hear it in this damn house, okay? About The Rock for the last week. All right, I don't know what The Rock's doing or who his friends are, why he's friends with Oprah, but he needs to stop because. Every time I bring up The Rock now, my my wife won't let me talk about him anymore because she's like, ew, boo, The Rock. So I'm like, oh, man, what did The Rock do? The Maui do? donation yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah the Maui <laughs> stuff was not a good look. Damn it, Rock. Um, <clears throat> I was on the top well, of the ropes and I was smelling. Sorry, I just had a flashback to the Triple H Rock. <laughs> I love Dude, that part. One of the, one of the best was, segments. I, I was on I was top of the ropes. I was bed. on top of the ropes and I was smelling. <laughs> He's like, no, you were on the ground, like. Uh. See, no, actually, it was Road Dog that you laid the smackdown on. I I laid you out with the pedigree. You were always looking up at the lights, usually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, is there anything else not show related that you guys have read or want to get into before we dive a little bit into the shows? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the I mean. <laughs> We've talked about some of the firings and, you know, I mean, that's really, that's all that kind of happened in the last few weeks. There's really, the shows themselves has nothing. Nia Jax returned. That was something that we missed. She's been like popping in and out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think of things that have, Becky Lynch became the NXT women's champion. That's, and she's been bringing it to Raw. Cut a horrible promo in NXT where she tried to rhyme. I don't know what that was, but yeah, it wasn't very. Yeah, yeah. Well. Did we and talk about hit or miss? All right, <laughs> I know. I know we took a week off, but did we talk about how, uh, like Mussolini, said that he uh, was only available for the next two months, and that where in, so he went back to commentary for. I uh, can't remember the promotion. It wasn't it's like, UFC. It's no, it's well, an it's MMA promotion, but um, it's like under the UFC pass. Yeah, and and he was doing commentary. He said he's free for the next two months now. Yeah, could that be a non compete clause? Like it, he didn't yeah, really like say days. if he's able to go anywhere. I mean, like God, two months, don't go to Impact or something. No, he. Wouldn't. That's what everyone's been saying. He's not going to Impact. In two months of Survivor Series in Chicago. Like Mussolini. Oof. All right, all right. Anyway, <laughs> um, keep her, keep her going. I will um, cry I though. One of the I'm going to be a joke about. Someone being I, fear for their life. Oh no, he I did. He saw that video. No, the joke. No, the the announcer said. Uh, the announcer said, 
you ever think he's like, wow, I don't know. These fighters might be nervous coming down. They got CM Punk standing here and CM Punk goes, ah, come on. No one's afraid of me. Well, actually, I don't know about <laughs> that. I hear that some people might fear for their life. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that guy would joke. He jokes about like he joked about last time, too, with the WWE stuff. And I was yeah, like, this guy's hilarious. And he also brought up the uh-huh. uh, the first time he. He said, uh, I'm not going to do that this time when he was talking about getting in a fight in the back. He's like, I'm not going to do that tonight. Um, But, okay, so when we get into the shows this week, you know, I'm not – it's going to be a little different because we had bro on. I'm just going to talk about the couple big things from each show. Some might just have one big thing. So let's start with Raw. Raw – past few weeks since Jey Uso's got there, it's kind of like had a theme that revolves around what's going on with Jay. Um, and this week it was by the end of the night, will we know if Jey Uso is going to join the Judgment Day because the Judgment Day has been trying to uh, convince him. So during the main event, it was Drew McIntyre uh, versus Jey Uso. Uh, this was kind of a revenge match for, you know, the time when Drew was... Um, feuding with Roman, and Drew McIntyre would end up defeating Jey Uso, but this was due to, in the middle of the match, uh, Jey would end up taking out Damon Priest and other members of uh, the Judgment Day. Um, So he basically says no, Drew McIntyre defeats him, and then the Judgment Day would attack Jey before Cody Rhodes uh, would run out to help him. So uh, the question of the night was answered, and it looks like I'm sure we're going to get some kind of team up at Fastlane of like Cody Rhodes and Jay versus Damian and Finn or something like that. Um, so that's all I really have for Raw that I felt was, you know, important. Um, yeah, I didn't. I, Dynamite. What I was going to say for Raw, I kind of feel like you covered it. Yeah. Dynamite. There was a couple things. Um, opening match was Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Casanoli. Um, it was, was for Grand each Slam one of their show. Yes. Uh, it was like Grand Slam week for AEW. Yeah. Um, Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Casanoli. It was for both of their titles. Um, Eddie Kingston is the Jeremy. I feel like you would know better than me. What new Japan open is. weight. Is it open? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was the never weight or open weight or um but it was okay. also for Infinity Claudio's weight. ROH World Championship. Yeah. And Eddie Kingston would f- I don't think he's ever been ROH champion. He beat Claudio. Nope. Uh their feud is real and surprisingly at the end they shook hands kind of professionals. It's Ring of Honor. You got it's for Ring of Honor. You got to, you know, honor first, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was a begrudgingly, begrudgingly handshook, and Claudio walked out of the ring. But good for Eddie. It was in New York. Crowd was hot for him. Um, yeah, that's cool. Makes you happy to see it. Also, After Eddie th- just signed a long, another like four years with AEW. I just heard. Oh, good for him. I don't know if he would fit really in anywhere else. Yeah, so, I mean, besides, like, besides the like crazy yeah. thing is. He would fit fine like in New the Japan GCW and, and stuff. W in Japan and stuff, but yeah, yeah. in WWE it yeah. would be weird. But like the the crazy thing is, just for Eddie, like in 2020, he was selling his car and like his wrestling gear to give up wrestling to make uh, payments for his house, and now he's 
the Ring of Honor champion and New Japan Open Weight champion and signing another four years with AEW. Well, you could thank Cody Rhodes for that. Cody Rhodes brought is the one that brought him in after seeing his um online adrenaline um in my soul. Did you know I, my dad was Dusty Rhodes? Thank you. All right. All right. Um AW Dynamite was good this week. It felt like a mini pay per view. It was a Grand Slam show. Chris Jericho would end up facing his friend after these four years of being together, Sammy Guevara. Um Chris Jericho would Sammy go Guevara. over and I was I was not a fan of him going over until I saw how they ended it. And if you know your history of WWE and you have seen WrestleMania 19, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, after their match that Shawn Michaels wins, they hug and Jericho low blows Shawn Michaels. Um, the exact same spot just about was done with Sammy and Jericho. Sammy, though, being the one to do it to Jericho, out comes Don Callis, and it looks like Sammy has turned, which uh, I think is for the best. And uh, finally, you know, get out of Jericho's shadow. They pair him with Don Callis, which will be interesting. Um, I think the fans kind of liked it. I know I did, so yeah. uh, they'll be moving forward in that direction with, with that. Um. All right, so I won't go too much into it because we talked about it with Bro, but Ray Phoenix would defeat John Moxley um, for the international championship. I don't believe that was the plan finish. If it was, it was just the finish was weird. You'd have to go back and watch it. Like we said, the ref stopped. Um, Moxley got a concussion. Everyone believes early on the match from when Ray dived off the stage because they had the. The ramp coming down, but it was raised up, and we'll talk about the raised ramp later once we get to the main event and Adam Cole. Um, John Moxley did suffer, at least they're calling it a minor concussion, but what we didn't talk about during the bro interview is that after the ref missed the count, Moxley looks up at the ref and goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he was so um, pissed off at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think everyone was surprised, though, no matter what, that Ray Phoenix won the international championship after they yeah. just gave it to Moxley. Yeah. Also, real quick, Moxley actually commented on the match and everything, like his concussion. He be, he did say it was from the dive, and basically, like he was like kind of like loopy and then came to around the middle, and then he said he realized he was not good <laughs> and needed to end the match, and that's why when uh, they tried to end it that way, and then Rick Knox, uh, he just wanted it to be ended, and Rick Knox didn't yeah. end it when he wanted it to be ended. He's like, that's "Fuck you!" Now he has to do another pile driver. Poor guy. Um, quickly, I'll say Soraya defeated her former friend Tony Storm and retained her AW Women's Championship. And then the main event was MJF versus Samoa Joe. Uh, MJF would end up defeating Samoa Joe via referee stoppage after Samoa or after MJF would take a a rope. Uh, I think it was maybe a rope from the turnbuckle, and he would use it to choke out uh, Samoa Joe. Adam Cole, before this happened, would uh, run down the ramp and jump off of it. It's a couple feet up in the air, and I don't know if he rolled his ankle, sprained his ankle, but they got. It. 
He they got a, def- a, de- a, a title defense coming up soon, and he was limping. Yeah, he they he seems to be okay for that because they didn't say okay. anything about changing it. So I mean, he was but, like on crutches, but I think that's just a precaution. Might it might have gotten what we skateboarders call a hot pocket in your ankle. <laughs> uh, nice little ankle roll. So yeah. nothing low ice can't fix. Those those hurt um, when you first get them. Yeah, they feel way worse, and then they eventually go away, which is nice. Yeah. But it it does make you limp around like <laughs> it's a, which is nice when they go away. <laughs> it's fantastic when they go away, but um, so Smack that wraps up Dynamite Grand Slam. I want to get into SmackDown really quick. Um, the main stuff that was going on is that it looked like we were gonna get a pairing of former rivals AJ Styles and John Cena to take on Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa at uh, the upcoming WWE pay per view Fastlane before their contract signing at the end of the night. Jimmy and Solo would end up attacking AJ Styles backstage. And Cena would end up going out to the ring, basically try to take them both on and would get beat down. Um, No one came to save him. So the question is, as much as I would like to see AJ Styles and Cena team up at Fastlane, are they going to do that? Was AJ Styles taken out to maybe get Cena have have Cena have a different partner? Or... um, LA Knight. Just, yeah. Well, they cut an LA Night segment because of the opening segment. Because he has COVID right now. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. But I think it, there was one story, like, and then and then the second yeah. story came out. Yeah. He got. He I think did, he'll be fine COVID. in what a couple like a week or two. Well, that would make sense though, um, with the whole John Cena holding up LA Knight's arm at the last pay per view yeah. and kind of doing that whole thing. It would just. It's weird to put him with the bloodline, which now it seems like Jimmy is halfway back in. Yeah. We still haven't seen Roman in, I feel, it feels like forever now. Yeah, all it this, feels like a long time. All this talk about, like, L.A. Knight and Roman and all this stuff just made me think of The Rock again. And I forgot to add this in when we were talking about The Rock earlier. Where I was listening to Corny's show, like always. And Corny does this big glowing review of like, oh, The Rock was so great. He had the people eating out. It was the palm of his hand and blah, blah, blah. And giving him a rave review. And all of a sudden, Brian Lass goes, The Rock is so lame. He is the worst. <laughs> and I just was like out of nowhere. And Dude. I was cracking. And then that's it. Corny goes, oh, what? And then Corny goes, what? And then he goes, oh, he is the worst. He's so lame. And then Corny's like, what are you talking about? And I've never heard him like disagree before. It was so funny, though. Like, I've never heard him That's like funny. not, oh, Rock's not great, agree. Man. Rock's great. <laughs> Classic. Um, that wraps up SmackDown. Rampage this week was two hours long. Not, again, it was, the, it was the Grand Slam week of AEW. That's and a it, long uh, show so, to be at. Like, and it drew 1,500 after. people. <laughs> and Arthur Ashe um, like imagine like, you know, when we, went, we went there and we saw like what they record dark and then rampage was, was like two hours imagine that being like a full two hour rampage oh. in a stadium we left halfway through the one hour <laughs> yeah I know that's what I'm saying <laughs> that's a long um, night so uh, there was like a fatal four way tag team match to decide who was going to be the number one contender for Adam Cole and MJF's ROH Tag Team Championships. And the Team Righteous 
end up becoming number one contenders. I forget the names of the guys in it, but they are, are from ROH from before AW Bottom. I, I think like they them. were the guys that were supposed to be part of the Wyatt family. Yeah. Uh, the new Wyatt family that was gonna, they were thinking about bringing over. It has that um, same vibe to it. Yeah. So they're going to be facing Adam Cole and MJF. Um, Santana from the team of Santana Ortiz. Santana. He's now just going, he's now solo. He's going by Mike Santana. Um, and he defeated a man named Bronson. But afterwards, Ortiz walks to the top of the ramp. And I've read that they're going to end up doing a feud with Santana and Ortiz and bring that real life feud that they have yeah. going on. Thank so God they got in each other's face. Theater. Ortiz, they got in each other's face, and Ortiz was like, "You ready to talk now?" And Santana just walked away, and he was like, "All right." So yeah. it, it looks like they're willing to do business together, which is it, it worried me when I saw their Twitter beef, and I was like, "Please be like part of a feud because I can't do this again." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it is. I think it is. They finally have. Yeah. Well, they use it in like one of the promo it. packages. Um, and then the main event was the Hung, Hung Bucks, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks teaming up against the Mogul Embassy, and they would end up defeating them to become the new ROH Trios champions. And it seems like people online aren't kind of happy about it. Am I mistaken? The vocal majority. The vocal majority of the comments on Instagram were pretty rough. But, again... It's not like I saw a bunch of other people like defending it either, so I don't know. But uh, I guess the consensus was that they, the the fans, some of the fans felt like they booked themselves to win the match. It was oh, weird. No. Like I didn't like. Why would they win the Arwitch Trios titles? It's weird. It is weird. They're like. We were AW Trios champs. Now we gotta be. Uh, <laughs> I'm being. Look, I'm this being, time. I'm being cool lately. Uh, these last few episodes, I'm being chill on the Bucks and Hangman. I'm letting them. I'm letting them do their thing. I'm not saying nothing. Um, Wrestle Dream though is coming up soon, so we'll be doing predictions at a later show for some of those matches. But they keep adding them. That show um, looks like it's going to be amazing. Okay, I thought you were about to. Be like, I know. I thought you were. They just looks like terrible. No, I, I, I was going to be like, wait, what? Because, like, yeah, it does, it does look pretty good. And we'll get into yeah. what the actual matches are um, as we go on. Let's get into Collision so we can wrap this up. Um, the opening match was Christian Cage versus Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen, which was basically a handicap match. But this was for the TNT Championship. Luchasaurus is the official champion. But as we know, Christian, who might be doing one of the best runs, I feel like, of his <laughs> career. I love it. Father of the year gimmick. How's everyone's uh, father today? <laughs> <laughs> but they have now officially, Christian won the match. They have now officially made Christian Cage the TNT champion. He was always the TNT title or champion. He was always the talk champion. to him. <laughs> um, they were in Michigan. RVD teamed up with Hook and defeated Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. Did you hear um, that stat about RVD? That he teamed 21 years ago with Taz, and then he was teaming with his son in the same arena. That's crazy. My God. Well, Taz was on the commentary, so he did add a lot to um, yeah. commentating on Hook and RVD. Crowd was hot for him. RVD still looking looking good. Crazy. His body portion, uh, I still don't understand it, but he, looks, he still moves. 
it's all the yoga. I don't know if you've seen the old videos him backstage and stretching before and yeah, his foot's legs like up here. Again. Yeah, the key the key to <laughs> life is yoga. Have you seen DDP? That man brought. I know. <laughs> clearly, man. Clearly. And he brought yeah. Jake the Snake back to life and Scott Hall for a while too. So it's like freaking crazy. Yeah. Bro. Um, great match that happened on Collision, which in for some is a dream match. Jay White would end up defeating Andrade in a in a banger of a match. Of course, Jay White yeah. won basically because of Juice Robinson. Um, Juice. And then our main event was Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks in a Texas death match. And Brian Danielson would end up going over. Um, though I'm not usually a fan of these matches, these two <laughs> great together. You know, this was the, a great match. The strap match was great that they had before. Um, Ricky's a future star. As we see, um, Danielson has kind of taken the role of punk when it comes to collision. How much longer we get Danielson like that, though? Like, what, a year, basically, is what it sounds like? Yeah. So enjoy while you can. But um, I thought this was... It was a good week in wrestling-wise, I think. I think AW, especially Dynamite with the Grand Slam, it felt like a mini pay-per-view. It, it, was, it was good. Um, yeah, they had a better week than, like, I think, like, the past month, almost, for the weekly yeah. shows. I mean. Yeah. Um, but that's all I got for this week, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> excuse me. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Um, I think AEW is doing like a very commendable effort considering everything that they went through in the past few weeks. And, um, you know, they, they're kind of catching a lot of criticism about just the way things are handled and drama and attendance and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that. Even with all that, the talent came out and put on a like a great effort, and they they had some really good shows this week. So it's cool. Do you, you have a classic hear... show of the week, Tim? Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Sorry, as while Tim's dying over there, I was going to say, uh, uh, Tony Khan said something about I think Wrestle Dream. He said something about like the end of like I don't know that that version of AEW as we know it or something like that. So I don't know if what they're if they're going to do something I don't different know what the after that. That's supposed to mean, but. Maybe it means they're going to do pay-per-views every month because I feel like that's like the their like HBO Max deal that's going to happen so pretty soon. I did. That is something we didn't talk about. There is something going on with HBO. Hopefully it, it'll it be like Peacock where you get it for free. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to do the Bleacher Report stuff, which can be terrible <laughs> buffering-wise at times. So Yeah. And the fast-forwarding the fast forwarding on the TV, if you're not doing it on your computer, sucks. is garbage. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it the whole platform is forever. Forever. If, <laughs> if AEW isn't with Bleacher Report, what does Bleacher Report have for like their shows? I don't know. Exactly. That's just where I get some of my like news of how like the shows went in the order. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't I mean, actually watch like anything shows. on it. Yeah, I don't want to watch anything. Yeah, yeah. But take us out, Tim. Uh, my classic show of the week is WrestleMania 26. Um, so, you know, this event took place uh, in 2010 uh, from the University of Phoenix Stadium. Uh, this was headlined by the second Shawn Michaels and Undertaker match. A lot of people talk about the first 
but the, this is the career versus the streak one. So let's go over the card. Uh, Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, who's big on the indies right now, the Deathmatch King, versus Yoshitatsu, who no one likes. Uh, then you got John Morrison uh, defeating, or not defeating, uh, John Morrison and R-Truth versus Showmiz. What a throwback. All right, here's some here's a, some uh, throwback for you guys. Triple threat match. Cody Rhodes versus Randy Orton versus Ted DiBiase. It's pretty wild. The legacy, the legacy match. And just to see Cody and Randy in there, Cody before he was like in his prime, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, Shelton Benjamin, uh, MVP, Matt Hardy, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Evan Bourne, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Christian, how's everybody's father doing, and Jack Swagger. Uh, and then Triple H versus Seamus. Swagger. Uh, Triple H versus Seamus, a.k.a. Seamus. Uh, CM Punk, like Mussolini, versus Rey Mysterio. Man, what a... I mean, dude, this card is, like, pretty stacked if you go back and, like, look at some of these. Uh, Bret Hart in versus Vince McMahon in the worst match ever. Don't even... You don't even have to watch it. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> the worst match. Uh, Edge, Edge versus Chris Jericho. Uh, a 10 Diva Tag Team match. John Cena versus Batista. And finally, like I said, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker 2. So, great card. Great pay-per-view. I just watched it the other day for fun. Just, just put it on in the background. I was kind of glued to it, so I thought I'd save it for the classic show of the week. So uh, thank you all so much. Episode 100 was 100 was so fun. Bro Keller, thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor interviewing you, and you were you know, super transparent and, and friendly and answered all of our questions with no problem. We really appreciate you. Uh, I love both of these guys very much, Jeremy and Andy. I just wanted to say it on the record for episode 100. I'm honored to do this show with you here every week, even when we're, you know, stressed and, you know, we might feel like we don't have the energy to do show, to do the show. You guys show up every week and we do it. Uh, and, uh, I just really appreciate everything that you do and all your time i'm by no means the leader uh you guys do more work than me on the uh getting the show ready part by far i just wanted to let the both of you know how much i appreciate you and keep that on uh audio for episode 100 thank you for all of our listeners uh we're not going anywhere anytime soon at least to my knowledge so uh here's to the next 100 thank you all so much keep enjoying wrestling and we'll see you back next week with episode 101